Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason, and we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Chum. Old cum. Old cum. I shouldn't, I, I'm laughing at my me saying cum like I'm a fucking genius. Uh, my cummy old pal. <laughs> Disgusting. Hi, everybody. Hello, everyone. My name is David Bell. My name is Tom Ryman. And we just watched Horns. Horns. Speaking of cummy old pals. Mmm. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. Everyone in this town is going crazy. I think it's because of me and these horns. You killed that innocent girl. Now the devil has claimed you. I didn't kill her father, and now people are telling me all these things I don't want to hear. I'm so bad. I'm bad. I'm pretty enough to be on TV, right? <laughs> so is this movie. Mm. So, uh, first of all, Mercurial Oz. Mercurial Thank you so much Oz. to our Patreon producer, Mercurial Oz, who wanted us to watch horns. Not related to Harrison Millie, who last week, who last episode, had us watch another Daniel Radcliffe Canadian film. Wholly unrelated Daniel Radcliffe film. Yeah. Both are made in Canada. This one pretends like it's not in Canada, but it's like, but I it see super you, is. It's like X-Files America. We're like, we see yeah, you. I see you. I You're see so this. fucking Canadian. Um, this is... With your um, milk sacks. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, Mercurial Oz, thank you. Thank for, you. Or, uh, making us watch Horns, a movie that I think I've seen before, but and this isn't Sad. a great sign. I was like, I think I've seen this, but I'm not sure, which oh, is sure. a great yeah, sign yeah. for a movie. I remember the buzz around this because it was a, a much talked about Joe Hill novel, who is Stephen King's son. And I think this yes. is like next. I can't remember if this came before or after Lock and Key, but it was one of his like big breakouts. Yeah. In a way, this is a Stephen King movie and that Stephen King jizzed. Um, somebody and then made a novel and then this is the the result of that okay yeah so you happy with that it's uh yeah yeah right. it feels very it honestly feels very stephen king's son a lot of it, it does. has like yeah it has like the kids growing up and stuff and yeah, we'll talk yeah. about that yep, yep um what'd you think of this movie i thought this movie was quite bad Ooh. yeah i thought i thought this movie has an interesting premise um but overall is just gross and weird and, and bad. I think okay. this, this, yeah, this, I, this movie, so, this movie left me with real bad vibes. And I know that it's Alexander Aja. Yeah. The director who, of like mirrors and the Hills have eyes remake and Piranha 3d. And he's known more for gore. And this movie really isn't that gory, but it sort of leans into his other sensibilities, which judging by the films of his that I've seen is a lot of cruelty. Like he also made yeah. high, he also made high tension, right? High tension, yeah. And um, I, so, yeah. So this is a very I, cruel movie in in ways that are not satisfying. It just I, feels so cruel. I generally agree with you. I didn't like I didn't have the bad taste at the end, I guess. Um 
I, I think I've said this before. I don't really like this director's work. Um, I, I liked, don't really like High Tension. I don't really like Crawl. I don't really like... I, 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 maybe, I guess I haven't seen The Hills Have Eyes, but I don't really like most of his stuff. I liked... Hills Have Eyes, and I liked Piranha. I thought Piranha was really funny. But yeah, for the most part, like I thought High Tension was okay. Mirrors is... You're right. I agree with you that this this particular filmmaker misses with me more often than he hits. Yeah. Um, and that said, I will say this is, I found, the, one of the more compelling one of his films. Sure. But yeah. I agree with you that this movie... And we'll get we'll get we'll definitely get into why it's cruel, because I think it's cruel in some ways. It's also not... Uh, fooling anyone it's very obvious who the killer is the mystery yeah the mystery was my favorite part of it but it sort of unravels within 30 or 40 minutes you know who did it but the movie movie takes another hour to get there because they give him a power that you're like well now he's gonna immediately find out and so they and and so they do something very obvious that you're like well that's the killer then right it doesn't it doesn't work on one guy yeah and you're like huh wonder what that could mean yeah, that's clearly the fucking killer. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's the writer of Onward. Uh, b- besides being based on the Stephen King novel, I just oh sure, there's two films about characters with horns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't the main um, characters have horns in that movie? Aren't they trolls? I'm sure one of them does. They're yeah, they're some sort of creature. Feels like there'd be horns in that film. Anyway. Yeah. So this film is about a young man who. Um, basically he he had a girlfriend since they were itty bitty little shits um and they've never been with anybody else and they love each other and then they're in this small town that's obviously canada uh but it's supposed to be like montana or something or oregon um i suppose it could um, be they show us a lot of the logging yeah and like they do some good work where like basically um I guess I'll just go through the plot. Yeah, so she dies. She's murdered. He's suspected for the murder, and we we start where he's like a small town celebrity. Like he's he's in that situation. See, I really where it liked, seems like he's I, getting away with it. I really liked that. I liked the story beginning yep. there, where the murder has already happened. He's already he's not even he's not just a suspect. He is the suspect. Everybody is yep. convinced he did it. I like the opening ideas, the scenes where it's like him waking up and they do this uh, shot um, and it is ruined by one thing that I want to point out, but um, where they're both lying together in a field and they're happy. The shot goes around them into the ground, implying like death and hell and a descent. And then it pops up and he's drunk in the floor of his apartment, gets up, puts on some David Bowie and opens the window. And you see all these fucking people being like, you're going to burn in hell. You killed her. And so you instantly know like, Oh, what happened? Right. Yeah. And I wanted to point out how easy it is to know what happened because the movie crams narration that I was like, why is there narration? When Get it, rid when, of the fucking narration. When it came back later in the movie, it it shocked me because I had legitimately yeah. forgot there was ever any narration. It's abrupt in the beginning. The first shot like fades in and then he instantly starts narrating. Yeah. And again, it's not necessary. So it really isn't. Like, yeah. Yeah. So it was like, fucking get rid of it. I wonder how um, often... In air, like 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 sudden like jump scare narration like this. I wonder how often that is just a pure note from anxious yeah. executives. So like we Some feel like producer. this doesn't make sense. Throw a line of narration in there. Yeah, who's like I showed it to my <clears> toddler <throat> and he doesn't understand it. You better put narration in. Like it feels like that where, but the narration doesn't explain what's happening. That's the other thing. Nope, it's not filling in plot holes. 
or like confusion so it's, no, it's just sort kinda, of like it's it's one of those if i remember correctly it's kind of trying to s- establish his character with one of those pretty cringy sort of like it's like somebody doing a bad Shane Black impression. Yeah, but it's not It's not even quirky. It's like raisins in a salad where you're like, I don't know why this is here. Yeah. Like, that's all. Where it's like, this it's, is, it's not like serving you're, any you're, purpose. You're faking inspiration here. Like, raisins, really? That's the, that's, yeah. the, that's the limit? That's the ceiling of your dreams? It's not... Yeah, the narration isn't load-bearing. Um, and it's no, not, not clever. So, like, it's just kind of weird. It's just sort and of so, there, yeah. Yeah, so he grows these horns... Um, and I, and I, I did like a question. I liked this idea too, but go ahead, ask your question. Well, I, I was going to say what happens. He grows these horns and what the horns do is they start growing. And then whenever he's around somebody, uh, this is probably the part I, I definitely like this, which is like people start confessing their sins. Yeah. And then they also don't like the doctor. There's a cool explanation where yes. he's like, aren't you freaked out? And he's like, kind of it's just i when i i keep forgetting they're there whenever i look yeah, away the second he looks away he forgets about it and yeah that was precisely what i was gonna say i like the way they explain how the horns work where people are aware yes. of them but they forget them instantly yeah i really like that and i the question i had is um do you think they need to explain or needed to or should explain why this is happening to him no because i think it does explain it it's just one of the only parts of the movie that doesn't beat you over the head with it okay because i felt like it didn't need to explain until he spoilers turns into satan uh then i felt like i needed a little more explanation um, the ending the the ending does kind of lose me but it's what seems like is happening is at one point he's uh, some crowd is, is yelling at him about some shit. I think he just went and met his lawyer, uh, um, who is the murderer from the new. Well, I, I think I don't want to spoil that, but he All is right, the murderer. Lawyer, he's uh, the murderer in this movie. He's the secret he's murderer. Hand, he's Handmaid's Tale. Oh, That's, is he? I, I, did, I, haven't, I haven't seen Handmaid's Tale. I was I was watching him. I'm like, I fucking know this guy, and he's a little older in Handmaid's Tale. And but, Max yeah, he's, he's a Gella, I think. Hold on, I've got to look I don't it up. Know. He's now. he's a very central character in Handmaid's Tale, so. Um, yeah, his lawyer, murderer, friend. Yeah, but, his well, lawyer, who yeah. is also the murderer, who is also his best friend. Max so, Minghella, like, yeah. They started injecting rules where that's when I started being like, I feel like I need, like, I thought it'd be fun, a fun twist, because the idea is his girlfriend wears this cross, and it's the idea she's so good, right? Um, and that's, yeah. they, they explain why, they explain why the murderer doesn't see the horns and it doesn't work on him is that the whole time he's been wearing her cross so the cross is like a protection and he keeps going to talk to david morse her father i was really hoping the reveal would be that they're actually satanists or something like the idea (laughs) that she's actually like the antichrist or something where it's like he's been granted these powers through satan uh, to avenge her yes or it's 100 it's 100 what's happening because at one point what's happening but i yeah. yeah But I wanted, like, a little more explanation, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the rest of it beyond that doesn't make sense. Like, why her crucifix protects him specifically, I guess it's just, like, their love, I guess. Well, it's because he says what I should be doing is praying to Satan to give me the power to find out who did this. He says that. So that that is what has happened in this film. That's true, yeah. Um, 
I just, yeah, I feel like there was a little more that could be done, but maybe not. Maybe you're right that uh, the subtlety. I just think the moment he started becoming Satan, uh, same with the snakes, which is like, I don't understand I wish, that. I think it was more hell powers, but like. What they could have done. Oh, no. It, it, I was just going to say what they could have done is if they introduced the snakes way earlier and they kept like showing them slowly in the film but they happen very abruptly was the problem they just show up and you're like oh snakes now what were you gonna say um i was oh shit i forgot <laughs> it's fine it'll, um, it'll come back to me as we continue to talk because it, it was it's sure. yeah it'll come back to me there's just these elements that like it felt like they were trying to cram a lot by the way this movie's two hours long and that's it another is. problem it's really long and the, the snakes, they do kind of do the, the gradual build with the snakes. The problem is, is the snakes show up very abruptly almost an hour in, and then they continue to build That's for another I mean. 30 or 40 minutes before he really interacts with them, and you sort of start to understand what they are. Oh, I remember what it was going to be. It was like part of the movie's cruelty comes out when he's using his power, which I get like in some... like. Okay, yeah, so there's a, there's that. there's a, uh, Heather Graham is in this movie who has a great scene. She's fucking blast in it. Yeah, I kept being like, why is Heather Graham in this? She hasn't showed up. And then when her scene goes, I'm like, oh yeah, That's why. good use of Heather Graham. Solid yeah, solid use of Heather Graham. Um, she's this diner waitress with, uh, that served them the, the the night that they went to a diner, and and um, it was the night she, uh, uh, um, his girlfriend uh, Juno Temple was murdered. Um, and she breaks up with him at that diner. And then Heather Graham has told the police, like she's become this, uh, great new witness for the prosecution because she's saying she saw them have a continued argument in the parking lot where he said he was going to come back and murder her. And then he also, she also, Heather Graham also says that she saw Daniel Radcliffe drag Juno Temple's body into his car and drive away with it. And he comes there and confronts her with his horn powers. And she immediately admits that she's lying. And it's just because she wants to be on television so that she can then, release a sex tape and have a reality show and she just wants to be famous she wants to be famous yeah. and lying but about the, this is her way to be famous but she's a total sociopath about it and it's a really fun scene when she plays it a, it's the strength of this movie i thought which is that every side character honestly every actor is doing a good job they're doing fine they're yeah. working with what they've given but the it's really satisfying when they do it the way where the confessions are so casual that they don't even realize they're doing it. So she's saying it to him and she's excited about it. Well, the, and she's like, she's yeah. like, yeah, I was going to, I was going to be in people magazine and like, I, I, maybe I get my own show. So it's the idea of everybody is sort of like, not aware of what they're saying. Right. They, saying they introduce an idea later that they all kind of forget about it. They forget the interaction they had with them when he sort of entrances them with his horns. But the other thing is the kind of the reason she sort of Heather Graham becomes really unhinged in the scene is the other element of the the horn hypnosis, if you remember, is that they become more and more depraved the longer they're confessing their sins. Yes, I liked that first one where the wo- woman's acting. Can I eat all these donuts? Um, yeah. And and she's just playing it. They're kind of they're a little drunk the way they're playing it, but it's not like. It's like again they they've lost it's still, all inhibitions. It's disturbing. Um, yeah, it's still disturbing. Yeah. It's a great device. Um, it is. This movie it has is. a good device. But what I wanted to say about the cruelty is that he starts punishing some people, basically. So he comes back and just horribly. This is where the movie really lost me. Yes. He like horribly attacks Heather Graham with snakes. And then it's like, now you won't be pretty on television. And then like he confronts his brother who we find out his, he's got an older brother um, who's kind of been trying to... Sc- 
sort of look out for him, but is also just like yeah. a big, big drug addict musician and we kind get, of just really self lazy and selfish. Yeah. We get this chilling reveal that he's in a ska band, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know about you. Like was like, Oh my God. Well, it's a jump scare because he goes to see yeah. him to talk to him. He wants to talk to his brother about something. It's because he finds out about Heather Graham and um, he's like, well, we can prove that's wrong because my brother saw me leave the parking lot by myself. He was showing up there thinking I was about to propose to my girlfriend and instead we broke up and he saw me take off. So he knows that Heather Graham is lying. So he goes to talk yeah. to his brother at this jazz club and for the first 30 seconds, his brother is in a jazz band <laughs> and then all of a sudden <laughs> really it me. becomes ska. It's the most I mean, frightening moment of the film. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I'm I, just sorry. kidding. I like sorry, ska. ska. I like but it was, ska. Well, there was something funny, which is like earlier when he's talking to his James Remar, his parent, his dad. His, his parents are James Remar and Kathleen Quinlan. Yes. It's awesome. They talk, there's a lot of these actors because they, they have really juicy roles because they all get to confess. Right. Things, everybody you know? who gets possessed is kind of like a notable character actor because they, really, yeah. they really get to sink their teeth into some pretty yeah. fun scenes. But they talk about the brother and he's like, your brother has his music. And they say like when you're back touring. So I just assumed he was like classical or something like because they were treating him with such reverence. Like he's the good brother. And then when they showed the ska band, I'm like, oh, ska band. (laughs) Oh, well, that's I mean, that's fine, too. Sure. It's just weird. It's weird how proud of him they are. That's all. Yeah, I wonder if that's intentional. (laughs) but But also it's like it's like, you know, I'm sure they're not. I'm sure. No, they were. They were. They were talking about it like he was touring with like the London Philharmonic or exactly. something. Exactly, and he's just a ska band in a bar, and I'm like, right. he's not making money, right? Like, like this is like real mid tier. Like he's a, this is like he's kind of he's a blue collar musician. Tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> he's all. not making um, all his bills each month. Yeah, um, but, but the he, actual reveal, yeah, go on. The, the reveal is that he shows up there and talks to his brother, and his brother's like, "Well, yeah, we know that's bullshit." Um. Cause I, cause she, cause uh, she left with me. Marin is Juno Temple's character's name. So, cause Marin left with me, and it's this reveal, like what, fucking what? And it's like, oh, he's under the trance of the horn. So he starts to confess, like I didn't, I swear I didn't hurt her. So we find out that he, drunk and high off his ass, tries to drive Marin home and starts to be kind of creepy with her. This poor, this poor woman. Everyone in her life. Uh, yeah, she's it, not having a good time. She's surrounded by creeps, and then her boyfriend and her dad, and that's it. Yeah. Um, uh, so he kind of creeps on her. So she's like, okay, pull over and let me out. And so she, she gets out and walks in the woods and he passes out in the car. He's like, I'm, I'm going to wait here for you. I'm not going to leave you in the rain. And then he passes out and he wakes up the next morning and there's a bloody rock in his car and he's covered in blood and he runs into the forest to find her and she's had her head bashed in beneath a tree. So he freaks out. He throws the stone and his bloody clothes into the river. Uh, and he never told right. anybody about it, even when his brother got arrested for the murder. And it's a shitty thing to do, but it's a moment of weakness. And I know where you're heading with this because it's like, yes, it's a shitty thing to do, but it's not, I would argue, completely evil. What he does to his brother is like worse than what he does to Max Minghella. Like he shows up to his brother and is like, you you betrayed me. You could have helped me out. You could have said what you saw. You could have even all up. You could have called the police or an ambulance when you found her. You could have spoken up when I got arrested, but you were just looking out for yourself. So he makes his brother eat just overdose like 50 times over on every. He makes his brother eat every single drug he has in his stash. 
Um, yeah, and he says he says you have the worst fate because you're not going to die. And I was looking at that stash, and I'm like, no, he's going to die. Yeah, he like, absolutely that's... will die. <laughs> yeah, he's eating like 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 thirty pills, and it's like and a bunch of it doesn't coke. Matter, yeah, it doesn't matter what those pills are. He's going to die. And just all this are... whiskey too. Yeah, <laughs> like he's just his heart's going to explode. Yeah, they show him. He goes in the hospital later. And then he like weirdly forgives him. And I get that he's guilt. He feels guilty. Well, see, his brother it, won't it, remember that. His brother won't remember that oh, interaction. You're right. You're right. But it definitely created this situation where it's uh, so I think he, he basically. Daniel Radcliffe is supposed to be, quote unquote, using evil, but it's not in a way that like but by the end when he's in, I guess he gets his happy ending, essentially, you don't feel like it's earned you know it's like it feels like she would be upset with him for what he did you know juno temple because the reveal of this movie is that the opening shot of them in the field is actually both of them in the afterlife they're in heaven yeah yeah but it's like why would he go to heaven (laughs) like he didn't do good things to people it's it's this weird thing because it's the same with the waitress where it's like what she's doing is shitty but his reaction is so over the top and it's like you have to oh, be are, are we supposed to be cheering for this you have to be and i guess it's pardon the pun you have to be like real fire and brimstone to sort of be behind it because it's like yeah it's like well yeah what she's doing is she is basically trading a man's life for celebrity so yeah that is a pretty damnable offense but it's like it is her scene it's heather graham so we like her and her scene was fun and like within a movie like this or like the offense doesn't it it seems way lower on the totem pole for her to get just like fucking massacred by snakes it's a really brutal scene yeah here's what i think is the core issue with this film and then his brother his brother's od is god awful too he just he he about he about permanently gives his brother brain damage oh it's it's incredibly well yeah alexander Aja is not an untalented director it's just i don't his sensibilities I, don't jibe with me most of the time. Well, okay. This isn't really a horror movie, right? It's not scary. Um, it's kind of mm, comedy. It's like a it's horror well, mystery. Horror mystery. Yeah. Um, but this is like, it's treating the horns as like a funny thing, right? The doctor fucking the assistant, the people yelling. It's supposed to be like weird and surreal. And I get why a script like this would really attract a bunch of people because it's very unique. Yeah. Um, but it's an interesting way I've, to do like a noir mystery. Yeah. This premise, though, my immediate question was, okay, what's it going to say about the nature of evil and good? Because that's what you you have a character who's so hurt that they they suddenly make a deal with Satan and grow horns. You're That's on your mind. Right. And what it seems like the movie is saying, from what I can sell, is that pain and anger can turn you into a demon while focusing on the ones we love will turn us good it seems very simple uh, because it is where it's like when he the cross heals him right yes her memory heals him that's right the yeah. love heals him that's right but the problem is that it doesn't really go into the nuance besides that and it doesn't really explore evil because what i thought it was doing is we have these moments where like again he's He's sitting there and like he's in an office and the mom's talking about how she just wants to like abandon her family. The receptionist's like, I just want to tell that mom to drag her kid out. The doctor's like, I just have, I just want to take some fucking Percocets or painkillers um, <laughs> and fuck my assistant. And so it's, it's this, it's 
this gradient of like what is considered a sin right it's more it's not like what they're confessing is necessarily evil it's just our impulses and our basic it's controlling darkest, your impulses yeah and your right and yeah your darkest thoughts and and desires so you would think the movie has something to say about that about what these horns do to people because that's the thing is it doesn't really that component it doesn't have anything to say and then when you have characters like the brother you think like oh that's a great example of evil being on this gradient of on the spectrum right mm-hmm. of like he did an evil thing but he and it was an evil thing it was he yeah. found a body in the woods he he moved on he covered it up he protected um, he protected himself at the expense right. of his probably his brother's life and freedom but he's not the murderer. No. He's on a spectrum. So you would assume... He is not the most evil. Right. That you would assume that when Daniel Radcliffe does something fucked up to him, that Daniel Radcliffe would realize later that that's fucked up. But right. But he never really does. And this he, idea of morality I feel is like he never does really explored. Ha- yeah. I feel like he does and they hand wave it real quick, right? Like he... It's that yeah. scene where he goes to see David Morse and he tries to give David Morse the, the cross... And he hands it back to him and he puts it on and it heals him. Right. right? And it's oh, no, wait, weird... no, he does. He, he terrorizes them after that. That's right. Yeah. And like the nature of the horns is like you get to this point where everybody sucks. And he's you can see Daniel Radcliffe's feeling it right. He's sick of like everybody he runs into just tells him the worst fucking things. Yeah. So like, again, like it, it feels like at a certain point, you're just like, everybody sucks. And then Daniel Radcliffe just starts like hurting people. Uh, and you're like, well, I mean, I I don't feel good about this yeah. because it's just a world of everybody sucking, and then he just does things to them. You're not you're not angry enough with them in the context of what you need to be in a revenge film like this. And the movie is not. And then the reverse side of it is the movie's not exploring the idea enough for the opposite if that makes sense like yeah. it's a totally viable way the original death wish novel is like this where the idea is that the revenge is the bad thing right like it's it's the that's yeah. the that's the evil thing and that's the pursuit of evil and it ends up destroying everybody around him but this movie doesn't do that so i don't think that was the intent behind the cruelty of the revenge sequences it's just I think it's just this director's sensibility. He's kind of has he's kind of like a bit of a of a splatter guy, or what he used to be. Yeah, um, and, and there's a little bit of that in this movie, but like, it's, did, yeah. yeah, it just feels, it feels, yeah, it just it feels cruel without purpose and against what it, it seems to be the theme of the story or what the narrative is is sort of trying to get us to feel. And the character, Daniel Radcliffe's character, like he's going through a lot of pain, but he's always kind of. Again, it's it's there's no real arc. Um, like he starts, he pisses on her memorial, and I was like, "What the fuck?" That man? is because wild. He's like, yeah, yeah, it's... and he's like weird and drunk, and it's like it, 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 they have to like explain it where he's like, eh, "God is not gonna God help her." Keep her safe. Like, yeah, yeah, it's... It still seems weird, man. right? Like I wouldn't stomp on her memorial and piss all over it. Certainly not if I was the prime suspect in her murder. Right. Yes. That's like bad look. It's bad look. That, that's the. I mean, that's the Dracula stabbing the crucifix. Right. That's the moment. Right. Where they're trying to show us where he's like renouncing God and making his deal with evil. Right. Apart, apart from the scene where he literally says that. Yeah. Um, but he basically he begins in this dark nihilistic place, yeah. and the problem is he still just ends that way because he just gets what he wants. 
essentially he gets forever heaven with his girlfriend and it's like that's the easiest answer to this yeah. situation like you know what it would have been a neat reveal and nothing, i knew this was nothing really happen. nothing really challenges him at all yeah that's the thing is he doesn't really have an arc he just goes on this revenge tear and then it works out for him yeah i don't know if we're trying to feel bad that he right that's the thing at the end he's like so i chose to become the devil again to avenge her but then he just goes to heaven and it's like so you don't that didn't do anything you didn't it wasn't the lesson you were supposed to learn because like he when he confronts max Mengele, he's like everything in me wants to kill you but i'm trying to be human because that's what Marin would have wanted me to do. And then he just doesn't. At the end, he's like, well, I'm going to take yep. this. Sorry, Marin. It's literally what he says. I'll, I'll meet up with you later. And then takes the cross off and turns it a devil gin from Tekken. Right. And then the reveal is just, and it's fine. He's in heaven. And he's in heaven and, now. And she, he was forgiven. It's like, I, it's like the one thing what, he was supposed was the, to learn, he didn't. Right. Like he there rejects was no it at the end. Yeah, exactly. It felt, it, it felt cool without him. purpose. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's things like uh, like the, uh, the whole childhood stuff. So uh, very Stephen King. They do this whole this fucking is cherry bomb flashback, King. and it's like shoehorned in. I thought where it's like I I didn't I didn't. It's too long of the flashback, and they're childhood buddies. And since they're childhood buddies, one would assume that was going to matter more. And honestly, it didn't. Not really. It Just, helps with the motivation because. Lee is the character's name, Handmaid's Tale. He basically was like into her at the same time growing up. So you get like, oh, his motive is it that makes, he was it, jealous. It certainly makes him a lot more creepy. And it, it makes, it with, yeah. the con- with that context and background, it makes his character more understandable and more believable. Like we don't reject the idea that he's this maniac. We're like, For oh, sure. the seeds were always there. And it's also just like, I think it's just like a storytelling technique he learned from his dad, where that's a way to keep people exactly. turning, turning pages. But that's the thing. In this movie, <laughs> maybe in the book it had more. Um, but Probably. in this movie, it feels like a time filler and it's a two hour long movie. Because they don't, they don't just flash back. They flash back for like ten minutes, maybe more. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the problem where it's like, yeah, you could you could do a quick flashback or like, you know, to show that they started. I, mean, I will but say they do this whole thing with their little stand by me group and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, they're all in the woods together. So I thought, like, oh, okay, so it is justified. But then it doesn't do anything. Their little group, David, not David Harbor, gets his head blown off. The cop. Um, Oh, that's and that. You're being very generous to that actor. He's like a young David Harbour type. Kind of. He looks more like a. He looks. He looked more like George Costanza to me. He looked more like bald <laughs> George Costanza. He had David Harbour face. Uh, a little bit. A little, a little bit. bit. Like a smushed but David like, Harbour face. He gets his head blown off, and then Lee, the other childhood friend, just laughs. And I was like, "You guys know each other since you're kids." Like I thought the reason the childhood group confronting the one at the end, I thought it was like, okay, so now he will go to jail, right? Because the whole thing is like, he, he needs a witness, right? Daniel Radcliffe, his brother is like, it's I can say witness, this stuff, yeah. but I'm not a good witness. So I thought that's what they were setting up, which is like, oh, close childhood group. Now, now the cop is like, takes that leap of faith, realizes that it's Lee is the bad one and they're going to go to jail, but then they just undercut it it felt like a producer no because then everything falls apart at the end we do the vengeful devil thing and none of it really like works doesn't make any sense yeah it's it's completely contrary to what it seemed to be trying to tell us yeah and it also makes a lot of the setup useless yes so i was like what is the fucking point of all that story with the cherry bomb and the fucking 
Like what? Like you could just you motivation so much time for the villain. That. Just motivation for the villain. Right, and if that's the case, then it's like that's way too much time spent on that. Um, you know, I will say that those flashback scenes are the time I was most engaged. Yeah, they're fun. <laughs> it's the most but interesting are, part of the story. They're not relevant to this plot. No, no I'm not saying not the book. All. Like the book might have been more. I have no in idea. Depth. I've not read it. I feel like it's a different ending in the book. Look, based from, on this from movie, the, the brief bit that I've skimmed uh, on on the internet before we started recording, it does seem like the book is a lot different. Yeah, yeah. So that that that, that makes sense, you know. Um, yeah. Um, one thing I have to talk about is is Marin. Marin's uh, the reveal of what Marin's yes. whole plan was is Thank so. You fucking embarrassing this movie should be ashamed of itself mare is the biggest fucking idiot juno temple like this this movie sucks and mostly mostly because of this character i wrote this down because but yeah that's actually why to get to her the problem with this movie is everybody's evil and then she's like supposed to be this angel amongst like that's what it felt like right is like he really put her up on this pedestal Mm -hmm. um and the movie does and then we yeah we get this reveal that she broke up with him because at first when she broke up with when they they, show her break up with him they reveal it they reveal it gradually which i liked initially yeah and i liked her first breakup yes i like that she's like i just i i understood i was like they've been together forever right Um, she gives him a totally right she's like we've been together since we were kids neither one of us has ever dated anybody else like we're we're both in our early 20s it's like again let's let's take some time and make sure, you know, we owe it to ourselves to experience life a little bit before we decide to be committed to each other forever. I totally understand that. That's a real thing that a real person would say. I also thought they were going to do this thing where, because like I said, they're drawing these such hard lines, Mm -hmm. but also showing this gradient of evil. I thought they were going to show the gradient of good too, where you realize like, oh, she's not a fucking angel. Like the movie puts her on this pedestal, but then they never... So like the breakup and stuff like that, I was like, yeah, see, like she's a human, but you want to explain what they do because it's the dumbest fucking thing. It's awful. Okay. So they do one additional reveal in between that I really liked because in the breakup scene, like Radcliffe sort of immediately starts accusing her of, of cheating on him. Like there must be somebody else and she doesn't confirm or deny it. She just kind of sits there and, and is very sad. Um, but she still does say, she keeps like saying in this in the breakup scene like i don't want to put you through that like i don't want me to be the source of your regrets and you're like uh, like in the moment because she expressed a very human concern before that with like look, we're the only people either one of us has ever dated that could be a disaster for us if we get married um so like in light of that her saying like i just don't want to be your regret like oh okay you're kind of being shitty there like it's clear you want to break up so don't like put it on him so they are still like main they're giving her like a human reason but are still like you're saying gradients of good where okay she's being a little bit selfish there yeah um but like so we learn that lee comes up to um radcliffe at one point is like oh it was it was me it's when lee it's when radcliffe notices that lee's been wearing Marin's crucifix and he's like Oh, she gave it to me. I was the guy. We, I was the one right. she was cheating with. We've had a relationship for a few months. And it's like, oh, oh. Um, but a little bit later, they reveal that um, after they reveal that he's the murderer, they were never in a relationship. He's just a maniac. He took that cross from her body and he's just saying that. Yeah. I liked that. I was like, oh, fuck, that's great. Um, but then they go one step further and they reveal that, no, no, no. 
Everything that Marin says to Radcliffe at that diner during their breakup was a lie. She actually found out that she has incurable terminal cancer, Dave. And because yeah. she suffered through her mom's death of cancer earlier on in her life, she doesn't want to put Radcliffe through that either. So she's just saying what it's it's a real Mary Jane in Spider-Man 3, where she's just saying everything she can to make Radcliffe break up with her so that she can go die without being a burden on his conscience so yeah. he can live a happy life. And it's like, fuck you, movie. <laughs> yeah, so a few questions about that. Is she still going to Los Angeles, like she says? I have no idea. I guess so. Because if she's doing that, that means she wants to go to Los Angeles, abandon her father, too, and then just, like, what, die in a hotel? Um, is that her plan? Maybe there was a or, clinic out there that they were going to. I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say, or she's going to, her idea, Her she writes him this note. That's how he finds out. Yeah. And she's saying, I hope you don't uh, find this note, right away. A note in their childhood treehouse. Right, where she's just hoping he'll randomly stumble across it. First it's of all, like, he will. because you, movie. He knows yep. where that is, so he will find it. But he has to um, he has to be given the key to open the lockbox where it's hidden, and right. David Morris has to give it to him. Yeah. Um, but she's like, I hope it finds you later in life. And it's like, it won't. That, all right. <laughs> what this is her such plan bullshit. Is, I hated this so it's much. It's so much worse. Because she's like, I don't want to break your heart by doing this. And it's like, well, here's what's going to happen. with If you carried out your plan, here's what's going to happen. You're either going to just still be in the town or you're going to move out. He's going to hate you, be like weird and obsessive, maybe like say some shit he's going to regret, like try to fuck your friends. Like be, he might be a fucking nightmare or he might be like weird and mopey. Either way, he's going to fucking hate you for this. He's going to be this like miserable ex um, who and then you're going to die. And that's going to be so much worse. Right. Like, that's, that's such a worse well, plan. Her character is such a male fantasy. Right. And it's like, she has, she doesn't do, she's no self. Like, she has no, she no, does she's not. She's a fucking alien. She doesn't exist. Like, she has no, she makes no decision for herself. That's what I mean it's about the whole pedestal for, thing. Yeah. The most depth they give her, they take it back. Because she's like, oh, I was dying and I didn't want to break your heart. And it's like, who, do, nobody fucking does that. Get fucked, movie. Yeah, and again, like that's worse. Her plan is worse, objectively worse. Yeah, that's the worst way. Like, what is what? She's gonna break her his heart either way. She's gonna die either way. Enjoy your few years together. Then that's what you do. But she's like, I want you to move on, and it's like he will move on either way. But at least one way he'd get closure. This way he's gonna get fucked for life. You know what I mean? Like this is gonna fuck him up. Yeah, and it's also going to fuck you up. Like, what must that do to your conscience? It's uh, yeah. You have that weighing on you while you're fucking dying. It's, big, it's, it's no. God, what a stupid thing to write. Like, how dare this movie? Act, <laughs> a lot of people act like fucking aliens in this. And she, yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. Like, I was waiting for an idea to happen that would undercut it. Like, for example... It, again, the fact that it's Lee is very obvious because yeah. the um, uh, one Lee, they keep doing this thing where he's like, he's defense, defending me. He's the only person who thinks I didn't do it. And then they're like, weird, the horns don't work on you. And it's like, oh, he, so he's defend, he, he knows he didn't do it because he did it. The horns don't work because he'll confess. It's really and obvious. Also, and they also show a thing before that in the flashback where they're both kind of gunning for Marin. So they yes. introduce the so idea of this rivalry. It's so obvious. Yeah. To the point that I was like, maybe... 
you know what would be a neat reveal? That Daniel Radcliffe fucking killed her. <laughs> like that is it's actually him being tortured because he fucking Right, this did is it. his torment. Yeah, that would have been yeah. an interesting idea. That would have been an interesting idea. That would have been something have, to his, work with. His version of hell is just walking around and everybody he interacts with, including his mom and dad and loved ones, yeah. is just going to tell them the most disgusting, depraved sin that flies through their mind. You know, whatever weird lizard brain impulse. Yeah, that's, right. that's a good idea. That's like a Twilight Zone episode. Exactly. And that's a good punishment for someone who's keeping a really horrible keeping thing a secret. inside of them. Yeah, keeping a secret. So there were things they could do with this premise that it just felt like they undercut everything. They undercut every interesting offer or anything that seemed like it was going to go somewhere. And then ultimately he has no arc. Mm -hmm. He just says shitty things to people who are also acting shitty. And then the one angel is this one impossible character. That's like, again, it's just like, what the fuck is her deal? Why is she the most fucking precious person? So it felt very edgelordy where it's like maximum edgelord. There's so many edgelord lines of dialogue in this movie that I wanted to throw in the garbage as soon as they entered my ears. It felt like teenage goth boy who has a crush on a girl who's like, imagine like drawing her as this perfect angel and yeah. talking about him he'll become a demon to defend her right like, like the only like that the only way he can imagine their relationship is if he, is if she dies is is murdered by someone so he can heroically avenge her yeah death like a real edge lord it's such it's this is an embarrassing movie right well it it had a lot of opportunities to not it did be, there was a, there's an I mean? interesting premise there yeah there for sure is yeah and it just to me it's literally like that ending so like the ending it just falls the fuck apart and it also goes on for too long he gets lit on fire and thrown into a lake and there's 25 more minutes and i was like jesus fucking almost a half hour yeah it's like i was i I also checked the time code at that point it's like man how long is this gonna keep going yeah and then also i'm unclear like he gets shot three times and then he gets stabbed with a pitchfork and he's like now i'm dying and i'm like really like it's unclear uh how immortal he is but that's a weird gripe um, and then a- that's after he got thrown into the river and lit on fire, um, or into the lake. Uh, it didn't feel like he could die. And so it was honestly kind of abrupt that he would die. It felt like they didn't know what to do with the ending. Um, and it all right. kind it of does falls sort apart. Of, it does sort of feel like, well, you're dying now. You're done. So you're dying now, which I sort of accept like the power's leaving him. That's fine. Like it's the end of this bargain with the devil. Then he just dies. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, feel like they could have done that in a way i I guess they do the snakes going why'd the snakes go into him i don't know that was weird um i don't know i I just it's it's all these like vague ideas that i think in the end i'm just like what what did that what was that supposed to fucking mean like literally and figuratively you know where it's like there's certain things where i'm like i'm not sure why the snakes went into the guy (laughs) well i think Um, again i think that's just more cruelty like it swims through his his torso hole and then it also swims down his throat and kills him but like it could also be maybe it's like oh like you were saying the idea of keeping a secret or keeping something inside and and he was too because he was the murderer but i think that might be giving the movie more credit than it deserves i think it's just more of the cruelty it feels like they thought of a cool idea or they found a book that had a cool idea and then they just kept going like it would also it'd be cool if this happened and be yeah. cool if that happened and they didn't really think about like what any of it was going to mean or what they wanted to say and then it's like oh wouldn't it be cool if he like turned into a satan at the end it's like yeah that would be cool <laughs> it's literally like, devil gin <laughs> yeah yeah it really is 
And so like it all kind of amounts to like a lot of cool scenes that might have gone in a film that was better ultimately. When the the, it, the 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 scene where he tells the reporters to beat each other up and fucking Marilyn Manson's cover of Personal Jesus fires oh, up. Christ. I wanted to put the movie outside for a minute. I wanted yeah, to put the movie in the bad. corner for a minute. Time out, time out. Yeah, movie. put the movie in time out and think about what it's yeah. done. But it's 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 just such a shame because it's like such a juicy idea that it's like I want a mulligan yeah. on this where yeah. it's like the people confessing their deepest darkest things like they get very close with it with the mom where she's just, like she confesses something that's just genuinely sad yeah um, and it was like I was waiting for more of that more vulnerability but a lot of the time the people are like kind of two dimensional well, in their the, the, conventions the woman and his group of friends Glenna the bartender. Yeah. Her scene where she's eating the donuts, her admission is sad because she's it's like, too, everybody yeah. thinks I'm a piece of trash, so I might as well just eat this box of donuts so I, I get sick. Like that's, right. she's punishing herself because everybody they, treats her like trash. Yeah. Right. And they introduce stuff like that. And you think like, okay, so is the arc going to be that he uses this power to do something good for her? No. Nope. And that's the stuff that like, it's like they introduce I mean, these he tells, ideas. He really tells compelling. her to get out of town, but that's it. It's real. It's it's like the minimum effort. Yeah, and I can't tell if it's like someone wrote a really meaningful script and then it got a million passes until it lost its meaning. I have no idea. You know what I mean? Because it does feel like that. Because it plants these seeds where I'm like, oh, he'll he could start using you know that idea instead of going around with snakes and killing the people. What if he went around and absolved them in some way? Isn't that what? he the what's her name would have wanted you know him to take like these satanic powers and then do good things with them mm-hmm. that's the more compelling it's too twist. complicated an idea for this film i think yeah but it just I don't sort think of the, i don't think this filmmaker had the ability to do that the movie just gives up yeah and it really, i wonder yeah. i wonder if it is like the script was floating around and it was good and and then like maybe yeah you're right this director came on and was like now nah, let's make it gnarly and like you know again director of onward a movie that does have like writer of onward writer yeah writer that does have fucking nuance to it mm-hmm. so it's like i wonder if this started as one thing and then you you're seeing like the remains of that thing but it's know. a completely different movie this movie did not get good reviews by the way no so, it, i remember it not getting good reviews which is yeah. why i avoided it because i remember when the book came out like i had said at the beginning of the episode i believe uh, it was a, yeah. it made a big splash and I had been meaning to check it out and then this movie came out and got bad reviews so I sort of assumed the book was bad too but now yeah. I'm getting the idea that like <laughs> the, the book is, is very different from this movie and maybe I yeah. should because I did like Lock and Key like I do like some of the stuff that Joe Hill has written so maybe maybe the, the, the good seeds that are in this movie are just the stuff that they adapted from the novel and then didn't uh, forgot to adapt the rest of those seeds like where they yeah. go <laughs> that's really my feeling my feeling is that it's planting these yeah very conf- compelling ideas um and it, it's it's starting a nuanced thought and then it just doesn't end it um that's the feeling i get from this so like it, it's almost like the unself-aware version of the movie adaptation you know <laughs> what i mean like adaptation does that on purpose whereas like it feels like this does it by mistake where it, it's like it just gives up on the plot and goes, you know what? Whatever. He just becomes a devil. We're all and set. It, he's yeah. rewarded. And it's like, okay. It really feels like someone like took over the film at a certain point. Cause I would argue the first parts of the film aren't bad. I mean, they have their problems, but I mean, yeah. morally and what they're setting up. 
it just doesn't like that third act it just fucking falls apart there's a lot of there's a lot of cringiness throughout too just like for sure yeah yeah i don't have anything else to say about this movie nah all right one good thing is all the performances were good Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I did note that when I was reading briefly reading about this movie, that's the one quote that I got from Joe Hill about it. It's like Daniel Radcliffe was great. I was like, oh, that's interesting that that's the thing he complimented was the only thing he said. Nothing about the actual content of the film or its narrative. Does make me want to read the book. So yeah, that's it. Thank you, Mercurial Oz. Thank you. As always, thank you for. I, 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 again, I'm not sure. Maybe I've seen this before. I don't know. It's entirely possible. Yeah. Um, but thank you anyway. Uh, this is through our Patreon, patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed, G A M E F U L L Y, unemployed. We have a tier where people uh, do custom wages watch like this. It's a delight. We get to watch so many movies. Um, we also just for five dollars a month, you get access to a bunch of exclusive podcasts like Tom mm. and Jeff Watch Batman, Fox Mulder's a Maniac, Star Trek: The Next Futurama, and Spielboys. Mm. Those are all pretty fucking self-explanatory in their titles. Yeah. We also watch movies every Friday night. All sorts of things. Check out the Patreon. You'll 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 you know it's cool. We're yeah, cool you'll, people. You'll go hog wild. You may even grow horns. Yeah. Um, we also have a store. Head over to gameplayemployee.com. You'll find a link to our Teespring store where we have all kinds of cool original artwork and designs. You can get on t-shirts, mugs, stickers, posters, horns, all sorts of things. So slap mm-hmm. your little horny little peepers onto that. Yeah. Your horned peepers. Horned peepers. If they the should horns do a sequel. had grown out of his eyes, that would have been a real problem. That would have been cool. Or like, what if he got a, he just got like hooves? Like what are other devil things you can right, get? It's just called like hooves is the next yeah. one. He just gets hooves or, and it's really inconvenient. What if it was just goats? Like, what if this had nothing to do with the devil? Like, he, he we get the reveal that his mom fucked a goat, and he's, like, becoming a goat. Right, like a goat scientist has been poisoning the water supply. Ooh, yeah. Just make his arm his own army of goats. That's the movie I want to see. Goat men. Powerful goat Dan- men. Daniel Radcliffe. Free, free from the goat. bonds of human morality. Exactly. It's pure goat, nothing else. This is the purest killing machine there is. The mind of a goat. 